This is Shaka Ward Speak. Hey, welcome to Shaka Ward Speak. I'm Gareth Blackwell, and as always, I'm here with my co-host Ryan Lotario. And this week, we are bringing you the first part of a multi-part series where we're trying to break down this thing that you may have heard of said over and over again, which is that we are really about developing and helping to uh, flourish and, and, and thrive this idea of an ecosystem for art and design. And it's a very intentional term that we use um, because we don't think that just artists or just galleries or just museums or just organizations, we don't think about just these parts as being the things that really help us um, understand the pervasiveness of art and design in our culture. But instead, it really is an ecosystem. And so the way that we're going to start to break this down, um, we're going to talk a little bit this week first before we get into our uh, guest that we have today. Uh, but we want to kind of preempt all of this with an understanding that we're going to be going through this series in terms of looking at some of the parts of that ecosystem, specifically the organizations, the events, and the people, that these are the things that help us really understand how arts and design function uh, within community. So uh, what do you think about that, Ryan? No, I think, so we, because <clears throat> we talked about it a lot, we talked about, you know, we if you go back to our satellite brain debris series and um you know you think about yourselves as individuals and that's a big component um but as we kind of like lay out the the framework and sort of plot the terrain um there's a interdependency and necessity to facilitate heightened expressions of what's happening in an art and design ecosystem so events occasions help to punctuate help to enlarge and magnify and reach audiences that may or may not um, be proximate all the time in a way that uh, they're aware of. Um, and uh, when you look at the way that that works, you have, you know, you have your organizations or your institutions, your, your um, you know, so they could be academic institutions, they could be galleries, they yeah. could be uh, nonprofit organizations that uh, delve into fundraising, which uh, has to do with, um, or uh, uh, endowments that actually uh give grants to fund individual projects or initiatives. There's these, uh, there is an ecosystem and there's like these channels and avenues that help to, to facilitate uh, exchanges of value in order to promote and flourish art, culture, and design. And so, um, and that will include that, you know, certainly that includes people. And I think like that's, that's something that's worth talking about within that. We'll also probably talk about, uh, I think some of how we fit into that too, in terms of connective tissue. But um, I think we want to do the the very uh, top level, broad picture between those three categories, which I think are pretty good. So I I called them was it OEP? Yeah, you OEP. Know, yeah. yeah. Are you down with it? You, you know, know me. me. All right, let's do it. Um, so <laughs> if you're older than me, you'll know what that's a reference to. Well, Gareth is younger than me, and he knows the reference. So some of you are, are super hip. <laughs> that's what it is. Super yeah. hip. Yeah, and, and you know I think this is an important uh, conversation because. Um, you know, it, it's it's real easy to kind of um, go through life and and do the stuff we do and have right. the everyday of your of your work and your making and your um, you know design or painting or sculpture, whatever you're involved in. And sometimes it's very easy to lose sight of that larger ecosystem. Yeah. That there's a lot of stuff that is actually um, out there that's benefiting you. And if it's not benefiting you, it's at least out there for you to to take hold of, sure, and be a part of. Um, and I think that's something amazingly beautiful about art and design. Um, 
because in some ways it feels very specific to what we do to have mm-hmm. this type of, of ecosystem that's really there. It's so pervasive that there's so many parts of it. Right. Um, and so I, I think that we, we don't want to, we don't want to air either side in the discussion of saying like, Oh, the individual isn't important or the ecosystem is not important, but we have to say these are both like, they've got to be continually mm-hmm. always propping each other up. Yeah. The individual makers, artists and designers are hugely important. And the ecosystem in which they operate and that helps them and that encourages them and supports them, hugely massively important. Yeah. So yeah. we can't, we can't, we don't want anybody to hear one side or the other. It's only right. artists or it's only the ecosystem. It's very much cohesive together. Yeah. And it starts. And so, I mean, I think when I think about our listeners and I think about there's, there's many cities that have our, our epicenters for art and culture, and then there's cities that are aspirational. And then there's cities where maybe there's a few people and they're, they're trying to think about what does it look like? And I think that's something that we're working towards. And when I think about Richmond, I think about, you know, even because um, I'm from California, I came here in 2007. Um, there, there are people that have spent 30 years, uh, I think about like Joe Seipel or um, Sally Bowering or any number of people that contributed to something like 1708, which is a now 40-year longstanding nonprofit space that um, has done so much to support the ecosystem. But there was a time where, where those kinds of things were the first things. And then 40 years in, they've created the soil and the groundwork to both persist, but also inspire others. And so, you, you know, there's something about starting uh, where, where you're at and having a vision that actually uh, anticipates and includes the kinds of people that aren't always necessarily directly involved with making art or working as designers in the the business sector or in in the private sector or what have you like, um, you want to have space to anticipate these kinds of things. And you want to have enough space to anticipate it coming from folks that possibly are interested in different avenues of art than yourself. Maybe they're in a sphere. Um, maybe they're in this, maybe like where we're in the sphere of visual, I'm in the sphere of visual art and you're in the sphere of design, but they're both visual. And, and, and so there's a ton of overlap there if we're willing to accept it. Yeah. Um, maybe you're in the sphere of music, like our, like our, 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 our guest that we're going to be speaking with in a bit, um, predominantly, you know, um, there's the dominant spheres we occupy, but then there's how those dominant spheres are always resting on the other spheres in that kind of mutual supportive way. And so when you, when you conceive of an uh, ecosystem, sometimes you get people that are like anti-institution per se. And we've talked about the critique of what can happen with institutions, but when they're running well, they're actually very powerful at supporting individuals and yeah. collectives. I mean, it's like nobody's going to argue uh, the the usefulness of something like a locomotive, but we don't want it running off the tracks either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I so, mean, yeah. you know, unless you're watching an action film with like Schwarzenegger, then <laughs> right. you're like, it's got to go off the tracks because we need to see him put it back on track. Heck yeah, yeah. But but yeah, like you don't yeah you don't want to see. Um, I think the thing too. I so. I think maybe this is this is we're going to get into this stuff over the you know as we hit on this subject and we unpack this which we're not going to do today but we're going to just this is like initiating this. I think there's concerns I think we'll address down the road and that is power, you know, who curates, who decides. I mean, yeah. we'll talk about public art, we'll get into Richmond's a hotbed for murals. And so we're going to have a, a dear friend and uh, of our gallery and, and us a uh, special guest down the road uh, where we start to talk about like how do we think about public art and who decides and, and, and what needs to happen to promote a fuller conversation around those kinds of issues, Yeah, you know, but, but you gotta think about it too. Like I'm excited. Um, in December, I'm taking my kids to see the Nutcracker at the Richmond ballet. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, what an incredible institution just took a tour and got to watch, 
the talks uh, tour the facilities and see the infrastructure and the support and the expansion. And it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. You know, as someone that's, we're trying to do this, it resonates because you're like, wow, somebody, however many years ago it was, it was a long time ago, maybe in the seventies, I can't remember might might forgive me if I'm, I don't know exactly, but it was a significant amount of time, but there was a point where this was initiated and then there were contributors, but now the outflow of that is like a fountain. I mean, it's just overflowing into multi-generational uh, demographics and lives and, and uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. Like it's doing something significant for the culture. Yeah. And, and it would be uh, an absolute loss if it wasn't there. But um, as populations change and grow, we need more too. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, it's important when we start thinking about um, all of this is that uh, sometimes we can, uh, going back again to uh, earlier discussion, sometimes we're very good at trying to just compartmentalize a lot of things, right? And so sometimes we can say, oh, those are the established ones. They, they obviously have shown their worth, but these are new things that are happening. Maybe those aren't worth as much. And I think that's a mindset that is really dangerous to get into mm-hmm. um, because one thing, there's some underlying assumptions there. Uh, and I think one is that we already know exactly what art is and what it needs to be doing in the space. Yeah. And that will never change. Right. Which is not the case, right? I mean, you look at uh, you look at a city like uh, Detroit that has mm-hmm. gone through a lot of struggles. Uh, art, whether it's public or within galleries and things like that, um, plays a very different role now than it did maybe in the early 80s. Sure. Right? I mean, it's, it's a very different sort of space, uh, but it's still doing things to help catalyze that space. Right. And, and uh, support the people that are makers that are there, but also the people that are, are you know, in the, in the nicest, broadest way of saying this, consumers of the arts. Yeah. I mean, I think to that point, um, Detroit, we know, I know a lot of artists from Detroit and, and you take it as an example uh, and, you know, think of Brooklyn when before Brooklyn yeah. was Brooklyn in the arts, what typically happens. And I think we're going to get into this because I think it's an issue of connective tissue, weighty connective tissue. When that's not present, what happens is the arts move in. You know, is, you ever see like a, a flower in a in a crack in concrete, or yeah, you know, you're like, oh, this is striking, this organic kind of beautiful thing, fragile but there, persists through um, this kind of break in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, artists are like that in a way because you'll find that the arts are not so the arts a lot of times are not supported economically but creative people persist under great um, constraint. And so what happens is you'll find these places where they become economically depressed, socially depressed for, for whatever reason, horrible reasons oftentimes, but you know, maybe jobs clean, dry up. And in certain cities, you'll see that uh, the ones that move in are these like boots on the grounds, yeah. um, resourceful, imaginative culture makers. And what they do is they move in and all of a sudden they start to percolate and create and then people start to come around and before you know it there's a thing happening and it starts to balloon out and then what happens is the ones that vacated that have the financial support sometimes return and uh start to move in and be proximate to it because now they want to be a part of the association with it and so what we know is this is a rhythm that happens and then what happens is it drives the cost up and then the artists are pushed out then it goes through the next cycle of sort of, you know, spiraling out, like it just becomes kind of strip mallish, right? Right. Um, so what we need is a discussion on getting the people that see the personal value of being associated with that 
to have a better vision at the ground level, to anticipate how to make an ecosystem that doesn't push the artists out that are actually the underlayer of creating the vitality for the city. So, so we need it. We need it. We need an ecosystem that critically examines this and says, what are some, what are some uh, new ways to like, we know this is a thing like Brooklyn, tons of people have just left Brooklyn because it's too expensive to live there now. Yeah. So what made Brooklyn, Brooklyn gets removed. So what does that mean? If you take the heart out of a body, what happens to the body? It's not sticking around very long. It doesn't stick around. It dies. And so what we do this, we play this story over and over again. And like I was saying before, arts and designers are like invisible to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And their invisibility is to their, their benefit sometimes, but it's also to the detriment because uh, we take for granted what we don't see or what yeah. we don't think we see. And so I think this discussion is close to home for me and for you is because um, we want to change that. And we want to talk to people that are actually doing significant work that have been contributing to changing that or making that uh, something different here here in Richmond. But my hope is, and I think your hope is, that, that uh, if you're tuning in from another city, another place, um, you can start to gather up resources or intellectual uh, facts or ideas that you can um, you know, utilize to, to your, towards your advantage in the city you're in. And have a vision. Know that it's going to take time. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. Um, I think, I mean... Uh, there's this thought forming in my head um, that I, you know, maybe people would listen to this and they say, well, you know, it sounds like, I don't know, maybe you're making some kind of special case for the arts. Like there's so much more important than everything else. Um, and doesn't that sound kind of entitled? Um, you know what? And, and I could understand why somebody might say that, but I think that that kind of uh, goes against um, just kind of just observation of spaces, you know, getting back to your idea, Ryan, of, uh, the pervasiveness of, of arts and design within our culture. Um, but also it's not, it's not to say that this is unique and special or, um, that it should be prioritized by everything else, but it is to say that because of its pervasiveness, art and design does permeate so many other parts of what a, a city or a town looks like, mm-hmm. what an area is like, what a group of people or a community, uh, looks like. Um, so it's important to understand, like you're talking about, you know, bones are important, muscles are important, but the connective tissue that brings all that together is hugely important. Correct. Um, you know, because it actually holds it together, so mm-hmm. things aren't flying off and going different ways, and mm-hmm. that they can actually function and move in the proper manner. Yeah. Um, there's there's an idea of health behind mm-hmm. good connective tissue. Yeah. I mean, when uh, you know, take that metaphor even further. Like the times that I feel the worst, you know, is probably has more to do with my connective tissue mm-hmm. than my actual bones and muscles. Yes, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a great point. So when when you're when you're, you know, just use a cheesy example, when you're, when your toe is stubbed, all yeah. of a sudden you're aware of what your foot does. Right. And how important your toe is to your balance and everything else, like your big toe, let's say. But, you know, so, so when the big toe is hurt, it draws attention to itself. Now you're aware of it and it hurts. And then you're aware of what, when it's doing what it does, it doesn't draw attention to itself. Right. It's because it's supportive. It's actually promoting the larger, larger whole of your body, if you will. It's a, you know, kind of a metaphor or whatever. And so a lot of times, um, once something like that happens, you got to deal with it because it's just hard to do everything else. You know, um, it's hard to walk, it's hard to run, it's hard to stand. Your mind's distracted, pain kicks in. You know, someone who has some issues with pain, like it's, it's uh, impactful. Um, and so a lot of times I think that the arts are like that. You know, um, they're the kind of thing that are so close to us that they're just on us, they're a part of us. 
And because that's the case, like, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, constantly say and probably say it later is we're always taking it for granted. You know, we're always. Um, so it's not special pleading, per se. It's it's more just pointing out a significant part to the equation. And anybody who doubts that's just not acknowledging the fact that they watch TV and they work, you know, they work yeah. clothes and they're entertained. And it's like, who do you think is doing that? One of the things I think is a problem with that is we we render certain institutions as monolithic to the exclusion of all the other uh, approaches. So like, you know, it's like Hollywood's an institution. Yeah. And so we just, we just kind of like, it's like when someone talks about science, well, science doesn't say that. Well, what is science? Um, science is always changing. Scientists don't agree. There's, there's a diversity of, of work going on. It's not a monolith, but we love to conveniently, you know, pull a monolithic statement and go, well, science says this. Oh, yeah. We do with Hollywood too. Well, entertainment is Hollywood. Oh, so the only place that entertainment happens is from Hollywood? Like, probably not. I know it's a powerful force, but it's not the only one. You, see, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, um, you know, what about every local film festival, an independent filmmaker? And, you know, what about, uh, you know, the change to indie music? And, you know, there was the industry and then it was like, oh my gosh, it's indie music. And now look where we're at, man. People, content generators on YouTube right out of their own home. So we can affect change in culture and we, we can cast a new vision for what it looks like. Um, and if that's not true, then, then we wouldn't be here to begin with. We wouldn't be podcasting. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I think, you know, it's a, I really like, we talk about when it's functioning, you don't see it. Right. I really like that. Um, and this is an idea that is not unique, uh, within, um, this conversation. This is a, this is a discussion that has, at least on the design side of things has been going on for about a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, Back in the 30s, Beatrice Ward was talking about the crystal goblet of typography that you know it's not working if you notice it. Yeah, that's so great. When so you, when you can ignore the words and you let the action of the words actually happen where you're actually reading and mm-hmm. consuming and understanding, if you can do that without even noticing the letters are there, then you're doing your job well as a that's typographer. Right. Yeah. And so we have these ideas already in our... Which is a really sophisticated idea. It's I mean, a there's hugely so sophisticated much. idea. We could just do an episode on that. I mean, because I talk about that with my students in terms of effects. When the effects work, the believability of the work uh, happens because you don't notice the effects. And you know this already because when you see movies, when the special effects are good, you don't notice them. You just buy into the story. Yeah. Later, then you kind of go, wow, that was convincing or whatever. Definitely. And and I think even like with the metaphor of the crystal goblet, I mean, the, the choice of the thing, like the idea of a crystal goblet, that that is a, a fine workmanship that is craft that goes into that is, it is highly, um, highly thought about Mm -hmm. and created. Yeah. Um, so it's not that this is a small thing, Mm -hmm. but that it actually does take a whole lot of work to make the invisible structure there that actually allows you to even take the arts for granted in the first place. That's right. I mean, there's a lot going on to make it possible for you to even need to be convinced of what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So that's, I think it's a huge, it's a huge note. And so I think, you know, really what we're going to get into today, uh, is just that first node in that spot to try to say, well, you know, the way we're kind of uh, drawing out some definitions, some of the things that are really important are those organizations that have the longevity that yes. want to stick with it and the vision and, uh, you know, and they can really point towards, uh, you know, here's maybe a good destination we should go yep. to. Or at least saying, here's enough good things that should be yep. going on that can get us to a good destination. Right. So, yeah, so do, do uh, I think it's going to be a great topical series because, I mean, I mean we're, we're going to, 
run the gamut. We're going to get into nooks and crannies, but we're in, and we're going to try to have a good time along the way. But we want it to be informative, and we want to we want to have uh, real people talking about it. So I'm excited about our our guest today. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. So I think we're just going to jump right into it. Let's do it. This week we've got a fantastic conversation. We've got Aaron Fry with us from Culture Works. So hey, Aaron, how are you this week? I am great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Good. It's a good morning. Um, so I think we would just jump right into it. So um, this is like jumping into the pool when it's really cold, but you just got to go. <laughs> you in. just got to go in. You can't. You can't yeah. just walk in there. It'll take yeah. forever. So uh, I never jump in though. So I don't know what's going to happen today. All right, <laughs> let's do tip-toe it. Tiptoe in. Tiptoe in. I baby step. So I guess. Uh, well, in in the spirit of jumping in, Aaron, what um, what is Culture Works? You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So Culture Works is an organization, um, a nonprofit that is all about driving vibrant communities through arts and culture in our region. So we serve Richmond, Petersburg, and Hopewell, um, build collaborations, um, support nonprofits, um, artists, organizations, individual artists, as well as organizations is what I meant to say. Um, And basically, we provide any kind of resources that they might need when they're starting out, um, grants. We fund a lot of projects in the community that kind of helps get things rolling for maybe a newer artist or newer organization, or one that's just trying to grow or do something new um, that might impact the community. Um, So how how long has CultureWorks been around in Richmond? Been around for 10 years. It's a great question. We did not even prepare that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's our 10-year anniversary right now, so it is a great year um, to be around. <laughs> Are you going to have cake for the 10-year anniversary? That we're going to have cake every I just day. Ha- I, I just think of cake <laughs> and that um, I've had the time of my life song playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. I think you've just played the party, right? I did. I'm, I, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm auditioning cake. right now. Yeah, I'm auditioning <laughs> for a party planner. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm sure like over the course of 10 years, you've probably had a uh, a fairly good view through culture works of, of what it looks like for Richmond to kind of uh, change and kind of see what this new organization brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, are there some things that um, kind of some uh, big things or big projects that you could point to over the life of culture works that would just kind of maybe stand out to some folks? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mentioned the grants program, but I think there's been over, I think $900,000 given out wow. um, through the grants program over the past 10 years. And so that's pretty powerful. It's pretty amazing to visit places like Studio 23 mm-hmm. and like see that the growth that has happened there, WRAR. Um, it's just incredible to kind of see what has happened as a result of that funding. Um, and I, I just feel so excited to be part of an organization that is providing that kind of support. Um, and then October is a huge thing that's coming up in October. Um, it's our fourth year. And as I mentioned, I have only been with, with culture works for four months, so it's going to be my first October. Um, but feeling pretty great about it. (laughs) We'll have cake at the end. I hope maybe during, (laughs) that's a pretty big thing to uh, undertake after four months. I would imagine. I know maybe it's been five. (laughs) Is there any anxiety at all? Are you nervous at all? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. But like in a good, it's like a a good good nervous. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's like if you have a whole bunch of people come over to your house, you're not dreading it, but there's stuff going on. Right. Right. But it's a month long party. Yeah, it's a month long party. I like those kind of parties. <laughs> those I are great. With a lot of groups to work with. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the I think the idea of like October. I mean, I guess my mind thinks constantly about um, the pervasive value of art. So it's pervasive and it's ongoing. Yeah. And so we have these seasons where we punctuate the value. But I think these larger punctuations signal to the larger culture that um, uh, persistent 
enculturation of, of art and design and music and dance, like just the most broad yes. spectrum is uh, part and parcel to a thriving society. Totally. And so in a lot of ways, what you want is Arttober to turn in 12 months. Yeah. So in some ways it's really nice because it's, it's, it feels elongated, but it's actually pointing to the fact that there's a, I think a, a reality to all of this, that it, that it should be a kind of persistent ongoing, uh, you know, sustaining thing that manifests celebration and enrichment and, and diversity and, and, uh, you know, thinking well about things and empowering others to step in and have license to create. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think it's a powerful signal. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about aspirational cities, Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me that, um, you know, I've, I've been in Richmond since 2007. I've seen coming from California, I've seen Richmond turn a corner yeah. In terms of aspirational, still aspirational, mm -hmm. but actually uh, scale up significantly. Mm -hmm. And um, there's catalysts that are key to this. And so it seems like what y'all are doing is a, mm -hmm. is, is, a, is, a, is a significant catalyst. And sometimes catalysts, when the catalysts catalyze and they disappear, yeah. you know. Um, mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of hidden work that I think is happening to even bring something like October to bear. Mm -hmm. Do you have, any, you have any thoughts on that um, in terms of just what it takes to even... Like what is October for people that are that are yeah. un unaware? Yeah. yeah, so it's it's basically a month long celebration of arts and culture, and mm -hmm. so it's it kind of exactly what you just described. Um, the goal is that we are bringing enrichment and vibrancy and um, excitement around arts and culture mm -hmm. in the community. Also, we want to make sure that people realize that it's accessible mm -hmm. and that there are inclusive opportunities as well. Um, meaning. It can feel intimidating to think about an arts um, event and think it's $100. I can't yep. get to that. Oh, my gosh. I can't afford it. Um, right. But I want to experience this. Or maybe it's in a different part of town. It's not on the bus line. It's not. Like, there are a lot of things that can inhibit you from going mm -hmm. to have an experience that could be, you know, life-changing, mind-blowing, sure. exciting, therapeutic. Um so we're trying to make sure we're highlighting, especially those organizations that are providing opportunities that are free, um, right. you know, open to the public um, or reasonably priced. And um, they're collaborating with other organizations so that it's, you know, elevating everybody. Right. Um, so basically, a uh, long winded answer there last year, there were 1500 experiences happening throughout wow. the month of October, wow. um, in arts and culture. So the goal and, um, what I'm striving for this year is to keep that momentum going and, um, grow, right. you know, I mean, right. uh, it's just pretty incredible that there were that many things happening. Um, yeah, that were, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, and, it just is, it's a great way to kind of point to that and mm -hmm. say, Hey, Richmond, Petersburg, Hopewell, like region and like nation world, this is what's happening in Richmond mm -hmm. and our region. Um, and you could replicate this too. Right, and right. you can be part of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come here and visit us. Exactly. Marinate in it and then yeah. take, take something of it and in, uh, back into your cities and, 100%. and continue to I think the thing multiply that, it out. The thing that strikes me so much about it is, uh, something like Arttober can't exist, uh, if, um, if it's only being like propped up by things that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that number 1500, it might be staggering, but then you think about, now these are people that are already in the community. They're already right. doing these sort of it's things. It's a magnification in so some ways. It, going back to your point earlier, right? Like the pervasiveness of it is like, it's a nice spotlight, but it's like these 1500 events are things that might've been going on throughout the year anyway. And mm -hmm. we get to have this celebration during a month. And that's, that's pretty staggering. Cause I yeah. think that we, um, yeah. can take for granted the, the culture that we're in and the city we live in. Yeah. Um, 
so that everything at times can be like almost like white noise. Like you pass the gallery and you just, you forget that that's there on that side of the street. Cause you go past it so many right. times. Totally. Right. And so I think so, something like this is fantastic to, you know, just kind of yeah. pinch everybody a little bit and wake them up and say, Hey, here's the folks that are in your community. Like right. let's mm-hmm. celebrate what's going on. Well, mm-hmm. you, you tend to take, you tend to take for granted the things that you're, I mean, we tend to take the things for granted that we're closest to. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you say, I always jokingly say to my students, like, you know, if you, You'll you'll say things to your parents you won't say to a stranger, mm-hmm. and you'll because you know that they're you're you, you're making a hard assumption that your parents aren't going away anytime soon, you know, mm-hmm. or, or some a loved one, you know, who you're whoever you're dating, whatever it is. But um, I think then as citizens we do that with the city as well. Mm-hmm. So the things that are not changing that are persistent we will take for granted to the point of amnesia. We'll forget they're there, and so what happens is we have to continually, and it's not a bad thing, but it's like a cultivative thing. We have to continue to tell the stories. We have to continue to bring them to bear on, on mm-hmm. new generations and, and forgetful generations, including ourselves. So we need uh, forward-thinking reminders mm-hmm. that both do the work of honoring that which has preceded us, but also call forward uh, that which hasn't yet occurred. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, yes. it's a dynamic state of process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I mean, even with, with our the documentary we're working on, it's, it's a, a, a person who's a... a a contractor who's you know from Oregon Hill with a lot of lot of guys that are he's got collecting art that are pretty rough and tumble right and he's got this high end art collection and you would never guess it because he's kind of a hidden figure yeah building spaces all over the city mm-hmm. and so um, I think anyway yeah. that uh, we can all, we can work together in a mutually beneficial collaborative way where everyone starts to flourish to to um, serve as an invitation yes. that, that the arts are far more accessible. Like my, my oh, yeah. last diatribe is that I always say this, but you're, you're already immersed in the arts because you're already mm-hmm. wearing them. Mm-hmm. You're eating off of plates that people mm-hmm. make. You're, you show me something that's not shaped or affected by the arts in your life yeah. and you almost can't do it. Yep. And once you see that, it, it, it has you to kind of go like, well, then who's doing all this? Yeah. And that, that should be the next question. Well, someone is. Yeah. And that's you know? beautiful. That's a, I'm like, I need to write that down. That's, <laughs> that, <laughs> that is um, something that um, I can even say that I don't think about every day. And I'm, as I mentioned to you guys before we started this um, interview or podcast, uh, that I'm a musician outside of work. And sometimes right. I do, I forget that that is a true gift and a blessing just that I even have access to grab a guitar and play it. Totally. You know, yeah, and yeah. when I'm stressed out, I can be like, all right, I'm going to put this into a song and you know, I'm yeah. going to feel, I'm going to feel relief. Right. And I guess, um, what kills me. And I think probably you, it sounds like you would feel the same or you feel the same is that there are kids and people that don't have that access right. and can't, you know, um, or feel that they can't get to right. the relief they need, um, that can come through arts and, and yeah. culture, um, yeah, offerings, that, that it can, you yeah, know? That it can be relief and productive exactly. at the same time. You know, because it was definitely uh, totally. a, a relief for me, but also because our view is so narrow. So then, when we get people that have uh, a narrower view, they they feel like they have to support the arts mm-hmm. uh, and justify it on a narrow line. So it feels like a tightrope. Yep. And a lot of times, if we can just uh, point out what is already the case that the, mm-hmm. the 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 nature of the arts pervades everything. Like I, we teach people that design typeface. Yeah. Without typeface, you can't read words. Mm-hmm. If you can't read words, you can't yeah. see how much your paycheck is. Mm-hmm. So, so the arts are benefiting you in ways mm-hmm. uh, and serving you in ways and not asking for attention. 
So what that means is the proportionate amount of the arts in culture is not asking for your attention, mm -hmm. which changes what it means when you think that the arts, arts are always self-centered and artists are always asking for attention because yes. proportionally they're actually not. Exactly. And so that should change your criticism of the arts, you know, for the person who's critical, right? Right. Um, yes. and, and normally those folks are critical while they're sitting in clothes, listening to music on the radio, right. watching movies on Netflix, and they're not thinking about who makes that stuff, who, mm -hmm. who actually cares about that such yeah. that you're benefited without even having to know who they are. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. It's true. All facts. All facts. So music, we love music. Yeah, 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 yeah. What kind of music do you play? Um, folky, uh, you nice. know, my mom was a, is a jazz singer. Awesome, and, fantastic. Um, she was, went through VCU Arts and gotcha. was, Shout out yeah. to VCU, we love VCU. Shout out Heck VCU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She was in the, um, she was the first vocalist with the jazz orchestra there. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Is that um, a lot of pressure for you? Is that inspirational? I have kids, so now I'm is, thinking, yeah. I, I want to hear, uh, this is interesting. We can't <laughs> maybe go deep into this. I know, but I love it. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's, it's inspirational. Um, the, uh, we are, we're um, very similar, but also different enough, yep. like especially in our, our voices. You know, she's definitely... Um, trained and gotcha. and I'm more raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so it is what it is. But I love when I can listen to her or sing with her. I wish right. she would do it That's more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so encouraging. That's encouraging. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I love yeah. that even. Like, yeah. so we say on this podcast, it's important to both know and be known by each other. Yeah, and that even st starts potentially in our our most intimate communities. And so mm -hmm. when you start to uh, create deeper connections with people. It deepens the value and appreciation of the things that we produce and make. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it can build, um, so many relationships. It's, um, I used to have a band with my two brothers and they're, um, one of them married our cello player, violin player, cello player. And, um, that was so natural and easy because they're my siblings, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've also been to Ghana and into mm. prisons and into, you know, all over the world with my guitar doing mm. music, you know, um, or playing music, connecting with people through it. And I think that's part of why I really wanted to take, wanted this job yeah. is because I see the value and the power of the connection right. that it builds. Right even when you can't speak the same language or you're not even on the same page at all or totally. have completely different backgrounds, sure. there is this natural connection that happens through the arts. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really, it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. Well, go, go for I was going to say, I just, I think that's a fantastic point to kind of sit on for a minute, the idea of connection. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I, I, in fact, I think Ryan and I were kind of talking about this a little bit last night. Um, the, uh, there's so many times that I see, especially with my students, but then also other designers that are professional designers, that there there sometimes can be a like a singular or like insular nature to their mm -hmm. work at times. Um, and and there's something very important about that yes. because yeah. to produce the work, it, it takes a lot of concentration, it takes a lot of dedication and hard work. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, to only do that to the neglect of mm -hmm. building community, um, that support network is huge. And I think a lot of folks that we've talked to post uh, MFA work. Um, they realized that a few years after that the community is really important and you know even back to the whole idea of taking things for granted like you know you forget how close your connections are mm -hmm. in like you know graduate school right right and so when you have your studio and you're maybe there five days a week by yourself uh, those connections are lost and sometimes you don't really know what they are so I think it's hugely important to talk about the connections mm -hmm. not just between the artists but also between the the organizations that the artists are a part of yes. or that are serving the artists Correct. in the community um, that we, we cannot 
as, as a, as a culture of artists, designers, and makers, I don't think that we ever will be hugely successful if we work for our gain at the detriment of everybody else's. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's, it's a, the starting assumption has got to be that what I'm doing necessarily benefits other people. Right. So I always tell people like, let's say you're like, like I was where you're super depressed and all you do is, um, you make, you make work in your, by yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, for me, when I was like a younger, it was like relief, right? Yeah. Well, if I'm a, I'm a per- person who's de-stressed and I've experienced relief, I'm necessarily a little better when I go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a little, maybe I'm not rude that day. Yeah. It may sound like small beans, but you don't know who's on the other side of the, the table yeah. and totally. what they're going through. And so sometimes we want to make big changes, but it actually starts with, I think, stewarding or cultivating what's most immediate to your, your circumstances. And, and then let it sort of billow out from there. So you can't get ahead of yourself. Like yep. people like you want to change the world. Well, what should it, what is the world such that you want to change it to something else? And then it's like, I, I don't know. Well, we should think about that. Cause I don't know if we're big enough by ourselves to change the world. You and know? that's a, I, that's a, that is a daunting question. I, I that I think about every day and struggle with, and it's, it's made me feel depressed before too, yeah. for sure. But what I had this professor, I went to JMU and I had this professor there. Um, I need to write her a letter about this because I can't, I just, this story is cool. She, um, it was a class called the art of making a difference. It was mm. like a 300 level wow. writing class. So sounds great. I know I was like, I don't even know how I got into this. This, this is awesome. Um, but she was kind of magical. And I remember just, we were reading about, um, the death penalty and all this stuff. And, um, and I was talking to her about, you know, how do we reconcile some of this stuff that is that has happened, that is happening. It it just seems like so much when you're really diving into it. And she said, all you can do is everything you can in your corner of the world. Mm -hmm. And it, it just sat with me really, um, well, I guess thinking about, we all have a corner, whether Mm -hmm. that's your gallery, your art space, this podcast, like that's a corner, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that doesn't have to be an actual like specific Right. corner of the world right. like wherever you are is your corner yeah so if you're traveling like that's your spot right now like that's do right. what you can while you're there make yeah. those connections and feel those feelings and and um listen to people right. you know and look them in the eye and i don't know um take a breath you know i just i just that that rings so true sure. and it kind of helps it to not feel so daunting and yeah huge. take some of the pressure off oh, yeah. 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 yeah 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 because yeah. I, I also think when you put when it's too pressurized and you right we rightly recognize that there is profound brokenness in the world yes um and the 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 contrast to that is also this conflict well my favorite i'm just gonna say it my favorite quote all the time is i don't know if i've already said it on here before or not but uh there's this anglican guy he's a British person. He's like in his seventies. So I don't have yeah. a cool British accent, yeah. but he says that the arts are not the pretty, but irrelevant bits around the border of reality. Mm. Rather they're highways into the center of a reality that cannot be glimpsed or grasped any other way. And then he goes and so on and says, he says the present world is good, but broken or in any case incomplete. And the arts of all kinds enables us to understand that paradox in its many dimensions. Mm. And so it's not trivial. It's yeah. pervasive. And we know paradoxically that the world is good however you want because because like taco bell exists so we know it's good (laughs) we know true (laughs) so we know that like but we know that there's like love and good food and laughter and like and even in the most dire of circumstances like stories of uh, people in world war ii in the trenches playing like cards and humor and jokes became the most dominant refrain for a lot of people's stories 
at the the forefront of imminent destruction. Yeah. And so um, don't say that lightly, but there's something about the paradox. And so um, we can feel guilty when we recognize the, the difficulty that is set before us and the pain and the mm-hmm. suffering. I grew up in some difficult circumstances and, and, and duly also having hope and aspiration and actually mm-hmm. being productive. And, and that can create a tension where we want to reconcile it. It's difficult mm-hmm. to reconcile. And yeah. so then you want to justify your actions. Mm-hmm. And so you start to scale up what you can do as though the scale is going to reach a point where now you feel like you have license to do it. Right. And I think what's beautiful about your professor is it it's flipped on its head. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you just got to start where you're at. Mm-hmm. And actually that will impact someone. Yeah. You know, who, who's sitting with you right now? That's who you're trying to impact. That's how yeah. you're trying to care that kind of thing. Those are, those are the people. It's yeah. not someone else. It's whoever's in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. And I do, I think that the, the arts you're, you've mentioned that, um, that it can be missed that the beauty is in the making, you know, mm-hmm. and that, um, that the interaction, um, that it, it's in the eye of the beholder as well. Like mm-hmm. when somebody is experiencing arts and culture, it's their experience mm-hmm. and their reaction to your art and your work um, could change them. Right. It could inspire them. They might want to do what you do. They might want to do something right. totally different. That's like huge. that's so powerful. And so when I think back to October, um, and I think about some of the programming that aligns with what you're talking about, um, the Better Housing Coalition is one of our partners. And so we awesome. go in um, and meet with, I've met with like a couple different property managers in different underserved communities in Richmond and Petersburg specifically, and talk to them about what's the population like? Um, what are they feeling? What do they want? You know, um, what um, could we be offering? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's beauty, what's beautiful about those conversations is I'm learning about all these pockets of, of our region that, um, that, that I didn't know about, you know, that that I thought I knew, I thought I knew a lot and there's a lot more, you know? Um, and that's a, that's a humbling experience. Wow. You know? Um, and so we're working with better housing coalition and I'm, um, bringing in some incredible artists to do some work in those communities during October. So Excellent. that's something that else that goes on during throughout the month is culture works actually puts on some programming Great. as well as what's, you know, we're already highlighting all these other events that are happening, but then we create some things as well along with partners. Um, right. And so one example is we're going to go to Claiborne Square. Um, there's a big friends and family day at Tabernacle Baptist Church. It's going to be like hundreds of people, I'm so stoked about this. Um, and we're working with Ron Bagot, who is um, of Drums No Guns. He also does a lot of other things. That is just one thing he does. So look at, check him out. Yeah. Um, he's working with RPS, bringing mindfulness into Richmond Public Schools right now. Uh, he's just incredible. But he's going to bring an interactive um, drumming and dance experience to Petersburg that, you know, on That's an, fantastic. Uh, yeah, on an yeah, afternoon yeah. in October. Um, so that's going to be super cool. Uh, the church and the community there, they were talking to us about how they have been talking about bullying and with the, with the youth at the church and the youth in the community, like talking about bullying, talking about gun violence, talking about real things that are happening. And it just felt right for drums, no guns to be the organization that would come there. They do like a drum circle. Mm -hmm. They affirm each other. It's a lot of validation, like I hope I will get to jump in it. Like it just sounds like amazing. So pumped about that. 
And then a couple more um, are going to happen in Richmond with Christine Wyatt. She is a, um, a dancer. She is um, incredible. And she is working alongside two other black female um, artists and dancers to put together and musicians actually who are putting together this awesome workshop called affirmative reactions and it's going to be performed at the ICA but that's not in connection with October um they're going to perform the same workshop experience in a couple of these communities in Richmond with the Better Housing Coalition. So that's going to be pretty cool. Kanika I've heard, Cook. I've heard, and, I've heard them yeah. speak. It's fit, yeah, yeah, okay. really powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really good. I'm so yeah. excited about that. Um, and Kanika Cook is like a, she does looping and she's a musician. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever seen her play. Um, she was, she does Friday Cheers and stuff. Um, so she's going to be providing the music for that. Wow. And we think that's going to be really neat. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Um, so that's some that's some good stuff that I think is going to bring. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Some light, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, it's funny. I mean, it's like the the rhythm of October creates these you know rhythms within it, right. and then I think it just keeps accumulating. You know, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's going to be a. Sounds like a. I mean, I'm excited about it. You got me excited about it. I gotta. Yeah. I feel like we got to jump in on this somehow. Well, we are. We I mean, the podcast yeah. is doing, it, but it's making my. <laughs> We don't need any more projects right <laughs> yeah, right in right. front of us, but um, <laughs> we can't help it. So, <laughs> well, I think I mean like one thing that we are going to be involved with is a current art fair, and you were mentioning earlier yep, that you know current right. is a big kind of like a part of what's going on. BJ's doing um, a great job. He's yeah, awesome. BJ with uh, with Glavi Kosin's doing a, a great job. Um, you know, huge shout out to them for the work they're putting into it because it's not a small task not by any means. Um, but we're really excited about not just being a part of it, but the fact that it's happening and the way that it's kind of growing up. So can you talk a little bit about uh, current art fair and maybe some of the things that culture works might be thinking around that? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I met with BJ and Jen at their studio maybe like a month ago and their dog, what is their dog's name? Oh, oh I'm gosh, forgetting, but I love oh, the dog. That I love dog is dog. so cool. So th- it's the nicest, most yes. like the dog just makes me feel, uh, warm and cuddly i mean it's like what it, it's the coolest dog it calm the dog calms me down I know. yeah dog yeah. is like ben kenobi it's got the force it's like <laughs> you just need to calm down and i'm like all right i'm calm down now i know yeah and jen they're they're fantastic they're, they're so they're cool very, and um basically uh we 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 met to talk about current art fair and then we talked about everything else it's like it just ended up being like he bj gave me a record and we talked about all these i was so excited about <laughs> what? it bj it. didn't give us a record okay well, I have Come a on, record BJ. Play. do you have a record player let i'm gonna know. get one now let him know yeah. yeah he was like oh and so um we didn't dig into current as gotcha. much as as much as i would that as any of us would have liked to but we just got so excited about just talking about everything you know october right. and culture works and music and Richmond and whatever. So, um, but I do know that it's going to be phenomenal and that it's three days. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I know that, um, I met with Emily her recently and RVA makers are going to have like some kind of, um, display or, um, interactive thing going on yep. during it. They're going to, it sounds like it's not just exhibits, Right. But it's all it, there's a lot of interactive stuff happening, including your podcast. So yeah. I do know a little bit about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, you know, um, I, I just can't wait to come and, and hang out and walk around and, right. and learn and and hopefully talk to you guys there at sure. some point. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, but yeah. But what do you guys think? What what are you excited about? It? You probably know more than I do. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for it to be here because I feel like, you know, a lot of what we do, we uh, we get to take part in a lot of you know, planning, which I'm sure you're familiar with, yeah. with the work at Culture Works. And uh, so I, I think I'm just looking forward to actually being there. 
uh, at the facility, mm-hmm. the yeah, days of it, totally. and just like taking in everything. Because I mean, where where else can you really go where there's going to be fifteen to twenty galleries like right Together. there in the same room, mm-hmm. looking and showing? And you look at and they're showing some of their top artists. I mean, it's <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, you're going to get like a nice range. I mean, I think I do like the idea that it's uh, because okay, so Richmond is not New York. It's mm-hmm. not Florida. It's not Miami. So when you look at where uh, art fairs persist, there's different markets. There's different mm-hmm. demographics. There's different criterion for why people collect art. And so art fairs are s- sort of orbit around that or, or, or the result of that. And so Richmond's different. I mean, we love our festivals. Yeah. You know, like one thing I, when I came to Richmond, I was like, man, y'all love festivals. Like, a I love lot. It. Yeah, it was like Watermelon Festival. Then it was like Jazz Festival. I mean, I know. boom, boom, boom. They're like, we're going to make a bacon festival. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, and then we we tried to create a pumpkin festival for a minute. It, it had a, it had a couple have a couple runs in Carytown, um, Pumpkin Palooza. But um, so I was like, well, we got to do one, you know. That's awesome. Um, so I, I like, though, that that's really a part of Richmond. And I think... Um, the thing with Richmond is we have this kind of like we have this high cultural uh, aspect, you know, when you think about like the ballet, like there's all these things. Yeah. But what I love about Richmond, you know, the VMFA, the ICA, VCU, 1708, Reynolds Gallery, Page yeah. Bond, there's all these places, Studio 23. Um, uh, we just interviewed the Royals and they've got an incredible space called Try Me. Like, so we, so when you think about Richmond and I'm not even getting everybody's sediment yeah, gallery, there's the Endeavor, Endeavor is amazing. One of my yeah. favorite all time places. They got new stuff coming. There's, there is a height to things, but then there's also an accessibility to it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't leave people at the accessibility point and it invites them into it. So, so people are able to grow up into Mm-hmm. the cultural milieu that is being expressed constantly in Richmond. And so just from thinking from a visual art standpoint, and so the fair is becoming a great picture of that because oh, yeah. you're creating these interactive connective points, but it's not like those are these outlying experiences that just stop there. They actually uh, invite and uh, bring people into the fold of, of what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes me really interested about it. So we'll be doing the podcast. We'll be showing 12 artists and releasing the documentary. It's called The Builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be doing tours of the fair, Gareth and I, and also offering critiques of portfolios and to as a foretaste of things we'll be doing through shaco art space because we want to be inclusive so a lot of people are not going to be a part of the fair that are makers Mm -hmm. designers so we want to we want to invite them in in some kind of way and establish a contact point a connecting point to see uh, how we can talk about what they're doing how to develop it and how to grow it so um so i mean we're excited because i never envisioned doing that many things at an art fair as a nonprofit. um so i think it's going to be and I don't, and he's got more stuff coming. And I, like, I mean, I think maybe the food trucks will be here. I'm like, we need to have the food trucks here because those yeah. people are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like a whole oh, other yeah. cultural aspect. So. so fun. And that is October 24th through 27th. Right. Yeah. And there the is room. a VIP night that Thursday night. So mm-hmm. if you're looking around the website, check the VIP night. There's ticket prices for all kinds of stuff. Take, take a look at everything that's being offered. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton, um, there's a ton of there's stuff. There's a ton of stuff this year. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it's great. And it's, um, it's at the Redskins training facility on Lee street, right behind the science museum. So it's a fantastic location. Partners Um, act. There's parking, great parking, 250 spots building. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's going to be a fantastic location. Gareth and I have a, I have a moped and then there's a sidecar. That's what Gareth and I drive. Yeah. I'm in the sidecar. Gareth takes the moped. Is this real? This is Uh, not real, but it should be though. Right. (laughs) 
Don't lie to me like that. Sorry. Don't get me hyped about something that's not true. Well, we can make it true, though. We have to. Ugh. It's inspiration. It's aspirational, right? Like, you got to <laughs> speak it into existence. Dreams. 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 Hashtag dreams. Become reality. <laughs> that would be kind of amazing. Yeah, it would be great. Dang it. We need to do that. Uh, um, have you ever seen a moped with a sidecar? I don't know if it can actually handle it. Oh, gosh. I mean, like, it might, right. the, the engine would turn Maybe on, it's just right. a, 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 a self-propelled sidecar, and the moped is the side, is like the side gig. Just invert the whole thing. <laughs> just picturing this. See, the, the arts are pervasive, right. man. The arts are right. pervasive. Right. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring, bring it back. It, yeah. bring it. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't sleep. Well, yeah, same. So I think, you know, to, to kind of bring things back on track, I guess, the... Um, yeah. um, with culture works, it, I think the thing that I really want to hear more about, and I know mm-hmm. that artists want to hear more about, um, you give grants to artists you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that look like? What type of things can artists look to culture works for to help them with in terms of maybe projects or career paths or things like that? Totally. So there are kind of two areas um, that we focus on, and one is building capacity. So that's, uh, that's exactly what you think it is, which is, um, building your, growing your team or, um, building a studio or, um, a piece of a studio. That's, that's kind of just any kind of growth, um, Mm. for your organization. Um, you know, and then community impact is, um, you know, is, is another piece. And, you know, you're looking at things that are, um, maybe not as specific like building a studio or building something or adding a new team member. It's more a project or a program Mm -hmm. that you want to happen that you know is going to create something awesome for the community around you. Um, So it's, it's a very open, it's an open conversation. Like it's, 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 um, and I'm not part of the grant review process, which is, you know, totally cool. Um, but there are some fantastic people that are part of that. And I do kind of get to see the information about who has been selected after they've been selected, of course. Um, and we just sent out a media release about it. So, um, it's, it's pretty awesome to be part of things from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I worked before for nonprofits where we were always asking for, um, things and we still need money. Like it's not, you know, culture work still needs that, but it's also really awesome to be on the other side of that and see it given away, you know? Um, so I know that's a little bit of an open answer, but it's an open, it's an open thing. Like yeah, I think that's nice. I mean, cause yeah. I, I know there's a lot of, uh, uh, grants out there for artists that can sometimes be so narrow that it's mm-hmm. difficult to really, uh, be able to apply for them. So yeah. it's, which it's we're nice thankful to- for, but it's like, yeah, you, sometimes I think to your point, Gareth, you, you start to feel like, um, I mean, we're, we're embarking on the grant process ourselves, uh, and um, sometimes you, you, if you if you only look at a couple, you can feel like they're all specified to the extent that you're almost like there's no way. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so the, the a, fact that there's a multitude, yeah, yeah, breadth definitely. of options. Yeah. yeah, and also like, not to play the new card, but I totally said the wrong thing. It's not community impact. It's cultural equity okay. is the second mm-hmm. tier. So no, it's one tier is building capacities or capabilities. Um, and then the other tier is cultural equity, which is community impact. I mean, it's connected, yeah, right? No, that's, but that's I was key, thinking though. that that's feels key. wrong. Yep. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're doing great. So you got, you. you got, you have us convinced you've been there longer than four months. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. So, yeah, you're doing yeah, fantastic. Learning, so, learning. Yeah, you got it. You, they, they hired a good one. So you're Thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you're doing, you. you're, you're fantastic. So, yeah. The other thing that we're excited about, um, and it kind of connects to the grants, but is, um, we bring on 
in addition to like just being partners with all of the organizations um, that are in arts and culture in the region through October, we also kind of heavily or deeply partner with, you know, 15 or so champion partners. And sometimes they are past grant recipients, you know, and they are organizations who um, are pumped about kind of doing a little bit more in connection with October. So Glave Cosin is one. So Mm. that kind of in turn, that's connected to current, you know, of course. But um, so that's been really fun. And then on the other side of that, we've built this cool community of eight uh, influencers. And I know that's like a hot word right now, but, you know, folks who have a large following on social media, but also have a a clear interest and excitement, passion for mm-hmm. arts and culture. Mm-hmm. So um, I brought in Reggie Pace, you know, who mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, No BS and mm-hmm. all the thing, yeah. all of the things, um, and Christina Dick and mm-hmm. um, Chance Fisher, who I don't know if you guys have met him yet, but mm-hmm. he is the GM at La Mer. He's also a musician, oh, um, and he is just just so phenomenal. Um, Tiffany Jana. Todd Waldo, um, Liz Thompson, and she's an author, a couple of authors on this list. Um, and I feel like I'm probably forgetting somebody. Um, the Richmond experience is another partner that we're going to have. And they just have a huge following and they kind of let people know about what is happening in Richmond. Sure. They let over 34,000 people know (laughs) that's how many followers they have. So we're so lucky, um, that they're going to be sharing and spreading the word about October. So the reason I'm sharing this is that those influencers are also going to be out and about throughout the month gotcha. at different events. So they'll probably, somebody will be at current, right. Um, you know, and I'm not an influencer, but I'll be there, you know, yeah. <laughs> but there will also be, well, um, according to your teacher's definition, you were an influencer, right? We all are. Yeah. That's what yeah, you yeah, say. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. I know that's, that's so just, just helping you. Just reminding you. <laughs> just don't, reminding don't just, me of my despair. worth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some yes. of the followers sometimes we have are bots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's fine. Right. It's all my mom. They're all yeah. my mom. Yeah. Like, it's all my mom. One after another. She's, <laughs> she has all these profiles. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be really neat to kind of see um, the goal is that they're sharing their mm. experiences on social media. And then we're kind of like seeing things through their eyes as well. And actually, we really want everyone to be doing that. Sure. Like you don't need to have a following. We would love for people to be checking out. Um, you know, going to an event that you know you're going to love, like mm-hmm. maybe something that you always go to. I guess I'm thinking for me, the Folk Fest. Yeah, I always there, awesome. like I camp out there yeah. all weekend, yeah. you know, not literally, but yeah, basically. And so that's something that I know I'll love. But then I'm also, you know, we're really charging people or hoping that people will check out something that they, they never mm-hmm. have checked out before. There's something that's new and right. different and maybe even a little uncomfortable. Like, yeah. So yeah. That's kind of the goal. And there's so, I mean, the thing is there's so much stuff to do, you know? So if you, if you feel torn, like I do sometimes, what I do is I just have like a little mannequin with a drone attached to it and I just fly at low level through the folk festival. So I'm not actually there, but I'm watching it from another location. So I'm getting two experiences for one. Yeah. So there's always creative ways. There's always, I'm totally kidding. Don't do that. There's always creative ways though. You know I mean? I'm joking because like sometimes it can feel overwhelming yeah um but just take take in things you know like make make plans to to dwell richly in one spot for for Mm -hmm. you know like like you said like the folk festival and uh you know go to what you can don't because there's a lot don't feel overwhelmed i think is what i'm trying to really really say it's because i think sometimes people hear that and they they paralyze into like well what do i prioritize exactly well it's all good actually and uh you're your patronage just by merely being there is significant to Mm -hmm. this continuing so um, go where you can and, and don't feel bad about what you miss. 
Uh, but if you can't go to all of it, you should. Definitely. You know? Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's so many things about uh, Arttober that's great because um, what you get is a lot of proximity mm-hmm. um, with events. So you can just say, I just want to hang out in this neighborhood this, you that's know, this right. night of the week. And yeah. there's like three or four things that'll be popping off. Yeah. And that's, and that's great because you usually aren't going to have that, you know, because exactly. I mean, think of a first Friday, you might have three shows you want to hit, but they True. might be in different parts of the city. Right. And with this, you can just park once, go walk around, do some stuff and spend time doing it. Um, yep. I think it's, it's one of the best things about having an event like October where so much is happening. Yes. Right. Makes it just easier to do it. It, it So if you're, if you are somebody that doesn't feel like you mm-hmm. have real good access to the arts, like this is a real low key. This way is a to great jump entry. in. Yeah. hundred percent. People totally. are, people are waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah, And the way to find out about it all is really our calendar. So um, the Culture Works website has this kind of really wonderful calendar that um, my colleague Mary Clay Watt manages and she is phenomenal. Um, And it is super comprehensive and includes everything you need to know, dates, times, price, you know, website. That's great. um, About all of these events. So all of the organizations that are involved, uh, either already have or are uploading their events to the calendar, Excellent. particularly for right now they're specifically for October. So anybody can get on there free resource. Um, and we even have a mailing list where we'll send out like a weekly, a weekly picks email. That's kind of like, Hey, these are some highlights of the week. Um, so that comes out as well. You can sign up on the website for that. So that's awesome. a good resource. Nice. Yeah. So you've got, you've got a website, you've got a newsletter people can get. Are there other ways that they can kind of follow what's going on? So if there is something they can't get to, they can kind of have a peek in. Totally. Social media all okay. day. You know, it's just like the way. Um, Artober VA has an Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and also uh, CultureWorks has all of those things. So check out either of those. Right. Um, there will be a lot happening throughout October. Um, but then stuff is going on all year long. So that's when you check out the culture work stuff, you know, right, right. the culture works pages are, are always being updated again by Mary clay. And, um, yeah. And if there's something that you want highlighted, if you're local, mm-hmm. um, give us a shout and yeah, we can that's awesome. try to work it in. That's great to know. Somehow. Actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't actually didn't know that. So that's awesome. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you want to, in closing, is there, is there anywhere we can see your hear your music or? Oh wanna... man, that's so fun. I hope so soon. Okay. I, you know, you go through seasons where you just yeah. don't write yeah, 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 or you yeah. don't play as much. Right. Um, I usually sing as part of the last waltz, okay. which is like the, the band's full. It's not the whole album, but a chunk of the album. Okay. And that's, it started at the camel. It sold that out. So it moved to the Broadbury. So awesome. I think it'll be back at the Broadbury this year. Okay. So that's a fun thing in November. Oh, yeah. Um, that I'll probably do, but it's like a little spillover from October. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just spilling over into November. That's all. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah. It's we're, we're so excited. And I mean, um, I guess a couple of teeny, teeny things to hit. So first Friday, since you mentioned that, um, Qu- Quirk is going to open up to, um, let us host a, an October kickoff there on that evening. So come by on the 4th of October um, in the evening, six to eight, and everything from the front bar, the, a percentage of the proceeds go to Culture Works. That's, so that's going to be cool. Um, Intermission Beer Company is going to have a beer, um, and it's going to be released on September twenty seventh. It's called October Fest, which yes. makes sense. Yeah. It's nice. so oh, fun. That, that makes my that makes me teary eyed. That's so wonderful. It's so to everything coming together. Oh, it's they're so wonderful. So that's September twenty yeah. seventh, and then Lemaire is going to host a, a Wine Wednesday to benefit Culture Works at the end of the month, October thirtieth. Um, and I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, bonfire. 
So we have this awesome new partnership with Bonfire, and they are having three local artists design three T-shirts um, connected in connection to arts and culture or inspired by that. And each of those artists are picking a different nonprofit to benefit from what they are designing, but that nonprofit gets 50% of the proceeds and then Culture Works gets yeah. the other 50%. That's amazing. So gotcha. those are going to be sold at some of the events throughout the month. Um, Chaco Arts Space is a nonprofit. Just, I know, right? Well, Just putting yeah. that out there. I'm I just saying, it's, we it's are fantastic. fundraising right now. Because uh, Bonfire's got a handful of folks that are VC Arts grads as well. Yes. So VC Arts people, just just remember us. We're, we're fundraising right now. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's fantastic. And I think, you know, um, uh, you know, speaking about these different ways that uh, these organizations can actually benefit you, it's very good uh, to talk about the fact that your patronage is fantastic with arts organizations and cultural organizations, but also any way that you can give in any way. And these are easy, fantastic ways. I mean, who's not going to have a good time just going to have a beer uh, at a place or going to have some wine at La Mer? These are fantastic yeah. things to take yeah, part yeah, in. Yeah. So they're super uh, low impact ways. You're probably already going to be having a beer or already yeah. drinking some wine. Yeah, so you do it somewhere well where you're going to help yeah. help exactly. out more than just yourself. Yeah. Totally. And there's some other um, neat public things. Um, we partner with Capital One. So in their cafes uh, at Short Pump, we're going to have Noah Scalin. He's mm-hmm. going to be doing a sticker art piece and and like an interactive workshop in October. Um, and that's open to the public. And then in Carytown, right after the, um, what is Ah, zombie, the zombie walk. Yep. Yeah. Right after the zombie walk, well, the Carytown Cafe is going to open up and have like a dance party with Studio Four, and they're going to do some thriller choreography. And anybody nice. that oh, I might actually any skill that. level, just okay, jump good. in and learn how to dance the thriller Goodness. dance from I, professionals. I think this is uh, it's going to be cool. This may, that's this fun. May be a, we may have to. I think we know we what we're doing, Gary. This is, this is a team building. Are, I think our kids are going to want to do <laughs> this that. This is going to be a team building. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have the whole Shaco Art Space team there. They don't know that yet. You're, you, be prepared to have 15 zombies that yeah. some of them may actually feel like zombies at the time. Exactly right. Yeah. I might. And, you know, and then just look out for us. You know, um, Scott Garka, who is our president, he is just a phenomenal human being. Shout He's, out to Scott. Shout out to Scott. He is right now filming a, um, a, t- a TV interview for VPM. And so there, we're going to be VPM. popping up. Yeah, we're going to be popping up all around, you know, hopefully getting some more media stuff set up and to talk about October and, yeah. and um, bring you along for the ride. We just want everybody to come out and hang out and dig in is yep. our slogan. Yeah, dig do in. it. Serve it hot and ready. And then Arts dig and in. culture live here. Dig yeah. in. <laughs> Serve yeah, it hot it. and ready. I mean, this is great. I mean, so if uh, if you tuned in sizzling, today, sizzling. If you tuned in today and you were not excited about October, hopefully you are now. I know we are. We um, are. I'm all is, in. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm like, do we have to go through September? Can we just? Uh, yeah. Can we skip September? Can we get to October. We need September. Though, <laughs> we we yeah, do. We need time. <laughs> um, but Aaron, thank you so much for being a part. Yeah, we thank you, really, Aaron. really appreciate you thank coming you. on and speaking to us today. It was uh, fantastic. Um, and just uh, and last thing, you want to just give people a few websites uh, again uh, that they can hit up for checking everything out. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, richmondcultureworks.com and artoberva.com are the two, the two to hit. Go go see them. Save them, you know, check them out often because obviously there's a lot happening and a lot will continue to happen. So keep looking there for all your information, all the source material you need. Definitely. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. you. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.